Sexy People Podcast of Dan Frigolette. I'm joined with Boston Jock. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I know it from a uh, from a small bird that your name happens to be Ken. Is it all right if I call you Ken? Yeah, absolutely. Can I have your stats? I've never asked anybody to do this actually. Um, how tall are you? <laughs> uh, so I'm five foot seven. I'm 180 pounds. Uh, 185 on a good day. And length, girth. <laughs> um, 51 inches at the shoulder, 43 inches at the chest, six inches <laughs> and kind of thick. I mean, what? <laughs> Fine. Um, the uh, so wait, I, I know that I know that you're that that uh, you're taking some time out here for uh, before you go to the gym. So I appreciate that. Um, what what is your gym regimen right now? Well, uh, so I work out six or seven days a week. It just kind of depends. Um, I spend my Saturday nights at a club. So if I go really hard on Saturday night and get home at like 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, then I generally don't go to the gym on Sunday. Um, but as long right. as I'm home by like 8 or 9 a.m., I'll take a quick nap and then I'll go to the gym on Sunday. Um, do like a light full body circuit and then call it a day. Um, but I work out um, solidly six days a week, do kind of a a rotation. Um, right now I'm seeing a trainer, so I see him Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, you're fit. What's the, what's the virtue of the trainer? Just somebody to yell at you? What do you, what do you like about the trainer? So I, I am, I, well, I, I dropped my certifications, but I was a certified personal trainer as well. Um, I, so when I started bodybuilding, I started at 110 pounds. I got myself from 110 wow. to 180 and then I plateaued. Um, I've hit, a point I where I like I've I've gotten to 190, but that's that was a, like a couple of weeks, um, and I haven't yeah. wasn't able to get myself past that. So I've started seeing a personal trainer. Um, he's a pro bodybuilder. He's competed at the Olympia level. So the idea is that you know that's the right kind of person to kind of shift my routine and and help me get yeah. uh, to my goal, which is two, 220 pounds. 220. That's a different guy. Yeah, I want to put. I, I want to put another 40 pounds on this frame. It's literally two of me from what I started. How do you come up with that number? Like what's the. No, that, that was how I came up with it is I wanted to double my body weight. I just wanted to double <laughs> you. I see. I just want to be me again. Interesting. Well, so then what is it? I mean, you spent a lot of time being naked. What does that do um, to comparative analysis with the, like visually? Do you find that do you find that the the fitter you get, um, the better your dick looks, or how does it how does it usually go? Um, well, I mean, it definitely does look better with you know more frame around it. But uh, so I've got I've got some fairly bad body dysmorphia. Um, I don't actually see the change. I still see myself the same way I, I saw myself at 110 pounds. Um, the difference is that the bigger that I get and the more muscular I get, the more other people comment on it and the more other people like it and that reinforces for me that there's a change even if i don't see it um interesting so interesting so with the body dysmorphia and people saying things to you you like it but do you believe it um so i believe that other people see something that i don't and that's yeah. And that's really actually the benefit to me. And that's the, I, I, it is, it is motivating for me that, that what I'm seeing isn't 
necessarily real. It, I mean, it's real to me, but it's right. not a reflection of reality. So it's, so, you know, when people I tell see. me, Hey, you're looking a lot bigger than, you know, than, than you were a couple months ago, like that, that tells me that there's change. It tells me there's progress. Um, cause I don't see yeah. the progress. So it's, if somebody else is telling me and enough other people are telling me, then I can gauge my progress off of that. So do you think that, uh, when you get to your goal weight, you're going to like, like feel that and like absorb it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I and we won't know until we get there, but I think that at the point that I'm double my initial weight, I won't be able to logically deny that there's a change there that there's like, yeah, you know, I logic dictates that at 180 pounds, I can't argue that there's 70 pounds more of me than there was when I started. But, you know, I think like at, at double my body weight, I have to see something. So, and what's that timeline? 110 to 180. What was that timeline? Yeah. So that was, that was over the course of, um, 2010 to basically 2021. Um, part of that is I was in the Navy when I started, um, I got out of the Navy in 2019. So the first nine years of that, I was doing deployments. I was working, you know, ridiculous hours. So that was a very slow progression. Um, and then, you know, obviously 2020, so we had COVID, so the gym shut down and all of that. It's very hard to, um, you can't eat yes. enough. You can't work out enough, you, you know, all, all that stuff. So it's, it all kind of gets in the way and, and slows the progress down. So, um, it's been 12 years there's a lot of stuff in there that happened that, that inhibited progress or made, made the progress harder. So. Yeah. But I don't think putting, um, 70 pounds on is, is, um, a small feat for anyone. So, but, no, so I, do you see or talk to anybody about the body dysmorphia? Like, I don't, I don't know for, for people that aren't, that can't grasp it. Just the idea that what you see in the mirror doesn't match what, other people's outward progression is how do you like discuss it with yourself how do you deal with it i mean this is an extreme solution right doubling in size um but then you know again yeah. my fear and, and people fear for stuff like that is always that like what if i get to my goal and i don't i still don't see anything and then how do i deal with it then and is there some way to mitigate that is there and is ta just talking help Yeah. So, um, I'm not a big talker. Uh, I've tried therapy in the past for different reasons. Um, and I've, I've no disrespect to anybody in the profession. Um, I find it to be useless. Um, I know plenty of people that love talking to their therapists. I don't, I don't see the purpose of it. Uh, my therapist is a circular weight about 45 pounds and I pick it up and I put it back down again. Um, <laughs> I, uh, my, my method of, of coping with it, um, probably not the healthiest, was to start an OnlyFans. Um, well, yeah. I started Naughty Twitter, and then I went into OnlyFans and Just for Fans and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so my, I mean, my coping mechanism is, is basically sex work, content creating. Um, yeah. You know, people like it. People see it. People comment on it. Um, I get noticed in clubs. I, I, I went to London, and in the middle of a nightclub in London, someone yells, it's Boston Jock. Um, so, Great. so like for me, the coping mechanism is that I have to acknowledge other people see something that I don't. Um, and I'm okay yeah. with that. I can, I can internalize that and say, you know, look, when I, when I look in the mirror, that's not 
a ref that is a reflection of what's going on in my head. That's not a reflect reflection of reality. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I can, can take that, I can internalize it and acknowledge that, that other people are seeing what I'm not. So. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard when, when we're, we're pushed with stuff like this to like try to intellectualize it. Um, it is interesting your, your perspective on therapy. My perspective is I've been in therapy and I've I identified some things and I still can't do anything about those things to stop me from doing sure. the shitty behavior. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't have the answer. Um, so I was, that's why I wanted to ask what, what your thoughts would be. But so a lot of things I want to ask you, let's, let's start okay. with, you're talking about the club. This is a this is a an, uh, part of the occupation, or this is this is just blown off steam. A little of both. Um, I really really like you know like heavy bass music. Uh, I've started getting into um, house and and circuit you know that kind of stuff in the last couple of years. Um, so it started as kind of a just a, a way for me to satisfy that you know go find a subwoofer and stand in front of it, let it shake me. Um, but it's also a right. really good advertising tool. Like you know we're. Um, this, oh, this set, I didn't so, think you were going to say that. Interesting. So, so this Saturday, the, the club that I normally go to is having an underwear party. Um, it, it's part of a, a normal circuit event that comes through town. Um, and so I'm I'm going to go in a jock strap and a harness, and I'm going to wiggle my jiggly bits in front of a bunch of people for, you know, a few hours. Um, and inevitably, someone, you know, basically every weekend, somebody comes up and like, oh, hey, who are, you know, my name's such and such. Who are you? And, you know, we talk for a little while and they're like, oh, can I, you know, can I get your, your Instagram or your Twitter? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Here, you know, Boston Dog. And they're like, wait, you make content? Oh, very cool. And so like, you know, we get into that, that type of conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, I was in Atlanta last weekend, did exactly that, went to the club, gave out, you know, my Twitter and my Instagram probably a dozen or, or more times. And, you know, so that's a dozen or more followers that I didn't have before I went out that night. Um, yeah. And out of that, I might get a subscriber or two or, or, you know, at a very minimum, like I got invited to an after party. And then at the after party, I gave it out, you know, gave my contact info out another dozen times. And so like that kind of pools. And now, you know, I'm up, you know, 40 followers that I didn't have, you know, the, the sure. day before. So I have a weird question because I find uh, this is a thing that's sure. kind of I have a weird answer. plaguing the dating site kind of world where somebody will put their content on a dating site. And I think that upsets people. So to the to almost to the extent where it's like, oh, is it false advertising? Like you're on Tinder and you're trying to pump your content is do people feel that it's the same kind of thing where I mean, you're at the club, you're not necessarily advertising yourself as a single person. But do people get disappointed uh, or do they think that it's um, not fraudulent, but kind of, I guess, do they get disappointed when they find out that you have a page and maybe that's like the goal of the hang and not that you're like there looking for ass? So um, generally, I would say no. Generally, people actually are very receptive to the fact that I make content. Um, and, you know, because in a lot of ways, it's like, hey, look, here's here's what it's like with me in bed, um, in case you were curious. Right. Um, but, right. but there, you know, there, there are people, obviously, that, you know, their their interest in me and their interest in coming up to me was, you know, trying to take me home. Um, and that's not out of the question, by the way. That's perfectly okay. on the table. <laughs> um, right. 
it's just I'm very particular in who I in who I sleep with um, on and off camera. Yeah. So it's you know there are people that that will just you know just like with with somebody who doesn't create content, there are people who come up to you and you know want to try and take you home, and you're like, yeah, no, sorry. Um, right. And then there's other right. people that you know I'm like, all right, let's. Um, I mean, there's a dark room over there. You want to like. <laughs> I'm not beyond that. So, yeah. yeah, um, that's a good answer. I like, I like that. I do like that, 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 that responds to the, to the nature. Um, so you were in the Navy, you said for a decade, is that, did I do that math right? Six, six, and then when you're years. in, when you're in the Navy, sorry, uh, the lag got me there. Sorry. Um, you were in the uh, Navy, how long? Six, 16 years. 16 years. Wow. Um, 16. 16 um and while you're in the navy are you are you out personally no i was not um the i was very very much in my closet up until the last like two years um the last couple of years i came out that was the biggest mistake that i ever made um i don't i don't recommend it to people some people i know are very happy with that decision um it was probably the worst decision i made in my career you came out in the military and it didn't go good. Correct. Okay. What um what was the immediate um like disappointing response that you didn't anticipate? It, so I came out well after Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. Um, I came out on a vessel where I thought that everybody was fairly open and accepting. Um, and I should have trusted my instincts on it. Um, but I very quickly faced some aggressive homophobia. Um, I was one of the senior most people at the, at, in the, on that vessel. And um, very, very aggressive homophobia from the, from the lowest levels of the chain of command. Um, and the people, the, the few people that were above me, um, right. people that I thought were open or at least would be respectful, um, were not at all. So it was, uh, it was very disappointing the way that, that people decided to handle that. Interesting. Um, can you, how do I ask this for, for as a, as a civilian, uh, can you use your status and your hierarchy uh, to your advantage to squash that kind of like behavior or remark? I tried very, very aggressively to do that. Um, and unfortunately, with the military, when you don't have the support of the people above you, you lose. Um, and I tried jumping over them. Uh, and I got, I got squashed. So, um, yeah, I, I chose to separate from the military and not have that be a part of my life anymore. Um, and honestly, wow. the best decision that I made. <laughs> so, uh, but it worked out. That process was, in fact, greener on the other side. And that process was two years? Yep. So, it was two years of, of, of donkey do. Yes. yes, it was judgment. It was very and, much and two years of, of extreme unpleasantness in my life. Yeah. Wow. So you say the grass is greener. It's a good decision. But uh, prior to that, obviously, 
being out is is the 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 larger uh, goal and the and the better position to be in from a life perspective. Um, but before that, uh, had you anticipated making the Navy be your lifelong career? No, I had always I had always intended to do twenty years and then separate at the end of twenty. Um, because that's you get a retirement, you, you know, there's a pension after twenty. Um, that would have, you know, it's not a big pension. It's not what people try and make it out to be. Um, but it would have been, you know, enough to pay a mortgage and and all that. Um, you know, so I I think uh, if I remember correctly, my pension would have ended up being somewhere right around twenty three thousand dollars a year. Um, and so, you know the decision to get out at 16 years was not a insignificant financial decision, but it was, it was well worth it. And I have zero regrets. <laughs> I will, I do not yeah. miss that. <laughs> okay. I know you said, uh, previously on, on another podcast, the, um, that there was, um, homosexual behavior on boats, you know, when you, when you get a bunch of guys together and they're, at sea or they're unable to sort of go out and socialize that kind of stuff happens um i don't know the way it was described in 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 another interview kind of felt more like jail rules than like people having tendencies which one do you think it it, it is i guess is the question yes um they're a hundred percent were people that that were there just trying to, you know, get their rocks off. Um, I know personally several people who are very heterosexual, very, um, you know, very into their, their, um, you know, heterosexual relationships that, you know, women are all they're interested in. But after, you know, a couple of months at sea where, you know, 60 70 days you're around a bunch of guys and the only thing you have is a stack of porn and that porn gets bored after a while um it gets boring after a while you get a little bit more adventurous or a little bit more desperate to find a way to release and um i i know some people that you know chose the option of you know a mouth's a mouth or you know a hole's a hole and you know maybe i don't pay attention to what it's connected to um and, uh, you know, so they maybe not, maybe they, you know, will never go that direction again. Maybe they never, you know, intended to go that direction. Um, but, you know, desperation puts people into interesting moods and interesting um, willingness levels to explore things. Yes. Yeah, so, so you said yeah. that you weren't out during that time. So did you feel like that's who you were, that you were the guy who just needed to bust in a mouth? Oh, no, I was the guy who was terrified to even approach that method. Um, I, I never, I never messed around on the boat um, because I knew that I was gay because I knew that. Um, so I, I have some friends that actually did jail time because under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, if you were discovered to be a homosexual, if you were, especially if it, it was on a military base or involving a military vessel, um, they could absolutely throw you in prison. And I know people that did brig time. Uh, and did jail time because they were found um, having sex on a, on the base, not on a, not on the vessel, not on anywhere that like they were on the just because they were on the base. Um, 
they were put in jail for homosexual behavior because we all had to sign a paper that said we acknowledged we were not homosexual and would not engage in homosexual activities. Um, it's a page in my service record. So I have, I have friends that did jail time. Um, and, and as a result, uh, I was petrified of anybody even suspecting that I was gay. Um, there are people that I served with for years that I considered very close friends when I was, you know, serving with them who had no idea until, um, you know, 2019, 2020, when I got out of the Navy and then, you know, announced that I had a fiance and that I was, you know, you know, that I'm, that I'm gay. And, uh, and that was where someone were like, wait, 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 hold on. You're gay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) So yeah, I never did. So interesting. Homophobia is so like hilarious and awful simultaneously because it's so it's just so ignorant it's that that there would be a law or a rule or a piece of paper is mind-blowing so i misunderstood then so i i guess my question was more about your own self-understanding while you're in the navy you you were aware that you were gay this was not a thing that you were denying about yourself this was just something that you did not want to be out in the in public and as a result um people are having um hetero questioning possibly gay sexual experiences that you don't want to be involved in because you're authentic and that could fuck it up for the rest of your career that's that's wild yes yep yeah i i knew of stuff going on i knew yeah that that were doing it and i could not bring myself to be a part of it because you know if somebody actually suspected that i was actually gay and not just experimenting or not just, you know, trying to bust a nut. Um, I was, I was petrified of the results. What a weird psychology that like, you're worried that, um, <laughs> right. You'd hook up with somebody and be so good at it. And so impassioned about it that they would know that it was authentic. Um, and that's, yeah, that's scary. That's so scary. Um, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. That is that that's such it's like a weird purgatory in a way, right? Because it's like you have all these relationships, things are going on, but you can't partake because of all of the factors. Um, That's wild. So um, so you had no you had no experience in the military where you were just out and and everything went smooth. It was immediate turmoil and then figuring out why did it take two years to leave and when did you decide to leave and then how does that even work? Can you decide to leave or do they have to decide for you kind of thing? So you, you've got a, you've got really kind of two options. The first is you wait until the end of your contract, which is what I did. Um, cause we're contracted for a set period of time. And then, you know, a lot of people reenlist and extend that, you know, that contract gets, gets extended out. Um, the other direction is that they can choose to separate you for some cause. Um, you know, so they can, um, decide that, you know, you, if you broke a rule, if you did something egregious enough, they can kick you out. Um, so, you know, my, my choice to separate was that at the end of my contract, I would not be extending. Um, I would not be moving forward with my military career. And that's that in and of itself creates problems because people figure that out about a year, you know, a year out when you don't put it, submit your paperwork to reenlist and you don't, you know, um, express any interest in, you know, what your next orders are going to be, where your next duty station is. 
Um, yeah, how you know, gnarly. So, so for a year where you would be asking the the promotional questions, you just don't, and people start to understand what's going on. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I didn't hide it, right? At that point, we were a year into me being the target of some very aggressive homophobic behavior. So I was very clear about the fact that I would not be staying and I would not be extending. There was no question. There was no negotiation. I was getting out. And, um, you know, that was received poorly. So on top of everything else that was going on, that was, that was a, an undercurrent of, you know, well, I'm not staying in any way. So why would they, why would they put in any effort to, to temper their behavior? I see. So because you're not staying, they, they, it was more licensed for them to act shitty. You're saying? Yes. Because there's less consequences moving forward because you can't block their career. Because, right, I'm not staying in, so there's nothing that I can do, you know, to either block their careers or to, you know, make life difficult down line. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I, I was not going to be advancing any. There was no chance that they were going to work for me in the future. Um, so yeah. there was no reason for them to, you know, behave in, you know, they had to keep it below the point where they could get it, you know, get in egregious trouble for it. But as long as they weren't doing anything, you know, as long as nobody took me and beat me out back, which is a little hard to do because I'm, you know, not a small guy, um, you know, they, they weren't going to get in trouble for anything. So um, they they had some so very, they had a very low question. bar to keep as far as staying out of trouble. So you're not getting beat on. You're not you're not getting jumped. Nothing like that. It's just. It's comments, it's shitty behavior, it's general attitude, it's, now you have an understanding where it's coming from, that it's coming from hatred and bigotry, and it's just, and it just hangs there for a year, two years. Yep, yep, and the, the people that I worked for would do nothing about it, um, the, the people that I worked for that were also acting in, in this way were, you know, they would assign me extra work to do, they would, you know, when we would normally help each other because there's so much work and you know if we're in a situation where i'm overloaded usually somebody would pitch in and, and help take up take up some of the slack um they were aggressively not doing that but you know they would they would make a point of rather than helping they would you know take the the route of you know trying to counsel me or get me in trouble because i wasn't doing all of the work even though like ah. the way that the the system was set up is that we would you know people at the same level would share workloads when one person became, right. you know, unduly loaded up. Um, and so they, you know, they chose the, the path of just, just hammer me from all directions. Um, and not in the good yeah, way. It's like office politics at its worst. Yeah. Not in the good way. The, um, yeah. uh, I lost track of what I was going to say. Um, the, so what was, what kind of vessel were you on and what was your role? Uh, so I was on submarines. Uh, I was on sub, I was on four different fast attack submarines. Um, my job nuclear, initially was operation um, of the nuclear thing? reactors. Okay, nice. Yep, uh, nuclear powered submarines. My my job was actually operating the reactor, um, and then for the last ten years of my career, my job was supervising the operation of the reactor and running um, the department that was associated that was responsible for the reactor plant operations. Um, so I'm a nuclear engineer by background. Um, oh shit. That was, and that was something that the military trained you to do? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All my, are, all my training was, was that through now? the military. 
sort of. Um, so I am an operations trainer at the electric utility company. Um, I, so I'm leveraging the engineering and the electrical side of it. Um, I am, my primary role is, is adult education. So I, I teach people, I train people in a highly technical uh, field. Um, so I leverage, you know, part of that experience for it. Okay. Um, all right. So we, we've, we've alluded to a couple different things um, from the content creation to the, um, to hooking up and, and some of this stuff. What do you, as a sex worker, what's your first um, like bullet content creator? Yeah. And then I know you've, um, you've, 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 you do, you'll do, um, you'll do private parties. You'll do things like that. Um, do you consider that part of the same role? No. Well, yes and no. Um, I mean, it's all kind of under the same umbrella, but you know, obviously yeah. my, like my first focus and, and my primary is the content creation. Um, but I do, you know, as a result of that, I get asked to, do things like private parties or escorting or that kind of stuff. Um, okay. And so, so it, it's kind of a result of the content creation. Um, but yeah, I do, like I do yeah. bachelor parties. I've, I've gone and, you know, um, I've done a couple of really fun bachelor parties. I, I typically stay away from anything that's like one-on-one -on -one, um, mostly because the people that approach me to do that are looking for like the dollar store version and I'm not the dollar store kind of guy. <laughs> Um, ex explain that. Um, so for example, I, I actually got a, a message on Twitter the other day that was someone, you know, asking me to go and, and, um, you know, spend a couple hours with them. Um, we did not get to the details of what they were expecting, but we can all guess. Um, and they were like, you know, well, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, 50 bucks to come over and, you know, spend a couple hours with me. Well, um, no, uh, I, um, I, you know, I, not to sound pretentious, but my day job pays me very well. I don't do this because I am, you know, trying to put food on the table. Uh, I don't make enough money off of the OnlyFans and, you know, the, the go-go dancing to like pay the bills. I have a day job, yeah. um, you know, and, and, Would you know, so my time is, like I, you know, my time is valuable. Um, that's, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm Would not you doing, you know, 20 bucks you... an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so then, so then that, 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 that brings a couple questions. Would you want to one? And then two, what would, what would the right price be? So that, I mean, the, the, the right price always is going to, you know, depending on what is expected and, you know, what the yeah. arrangement is. Um, I've been offered yeah. some, I've, I've been given some very generous offers to go fly somewhere. Um, I had a, I had an offer that a gentleman wanted to fly me to another city, um, had me spend the weekend with him. He was paying for all the travel, the, um, the, you know, the financial aspect of it was, was quite generous. Um, yeah. basically equated to one of my paychecks for the weekend. Um, yeah. and you know, I get paid every two weeks. He was going to pay me about the same amount yeah. that I would take home from that. Um, very generous, you know, I totally would be on board with that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not selling my booty hole for 50 bucks. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, so if it's, you, if you did that um, trip, is there an expectation it's, it's, that you have to have sex? 
you know, that kind of, we never got to that discussion point. Um, we get to yeah. the part where, you know, I wanted to know what his expectation would be. And I was trying to verify yeah. that I'm not flying out to meet someone who's going to murder me. And uh, he cut off communications at that point. So um, I may have died murdered. But the, I don't but, know. Maybe I'll never know. Yeah. No, that was the that was the the very Wait. generous guy. Um, when I got oh, oh, you didn't I'll, do it. I asked to verify identity and, and all that kind of stuff. No, I didn't. Yeah, of course. Um, no, because like wow. we, we got to the discussion point. You know, it was like you know I, I I do need to verify you know who you are that you know Mr. Faceless profile approaching me on OnlyFans. Um, you know, so if I can get a social media profile, if I can get you know anything that tells me who you are, um, and yeah, complete silence after that. So. Right. Yeah. Well, and send, yeah, I should ask for a deposit um, right out of the gate then. <laughs> Unrefundable well, yeah, deposit so for wasting my time. So that is one of the time. things like, I mean, you know, so, so that is one of the things like if I'm going to travel, we do a deposit ahead of time, one enough to pay for my round trip ticket. Um, and then, you know, discuss what's expected, discuss what the, you know, the arrangement is. Yeah. Um, some of that gets a little dicey because you can't, you know, I can't accept money for sex. That's problematic in many states and right. many ways. Um, but I can accept money in exchange for time. And then if, yeah, right. Um, you know, so I can, I can go and I can, you know, spend my time with somebody and be compensated for that time. But, you know, we can't, we can't approach the level where we're discussing or even alluding to sex yeah. for money. Um, so, you know, so that's, I guess the, the, I guess the question then is, um, because of that sort of loophole then, um, does that make it, it makes it more that, um, the discussion is about if I want to, then I will, and that it's not an expectation and that, and, um, and if I choose not to, then that's also fine. Yeah. I mean. We're, we're all adults. So realistically, if someone's approaching me to try and get me to go spend time with them for a weekend or for a night, that we all know exactly what their expectation is. Um, it is rare. And I, I have friends that, that do this more often that, um, you know, that that's, that that's not the case where the expectation is like, you know, gentleman needs a date to a party, wants some arm candy. Right. Um, and that's, that's what the deal is. Um, yeah. I, I have plenty of friends that do that. Um, I haven't had that that ask yet, but um, you know, it's it, I we can make a general assumption that if somebody's approaching a sex worker, um, a content creator, and asking them for yeah. you know, hey, I want you to come up for the weekend and spend you know Friday night and Saturday night with me at my you know at my house, like we all know what the ask is there. Um, but as the commodity, you. Um, doesn't that mean that you, you have to be wined and dined and not, not necessarily convinced, but that it had the, the conditions have to be right. Not that it's just, um, pay to play. Is that fair? I mean, Pfizer invented Viagra for a reason. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Um, so the, in the other interview, they t you got, you talked quite a bit about, uh, your piercing. Um, they call it Prince Albert. I don't know why. Do you know why they call it a Prince Albert? I don't remember the history behind that, the, the name. I looked into it at one point. Um, I don't recall. 
I don't remember what the the background. Uh, I just. Is. I just did my research, and I don't. I don't the 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 most recent content. Uh, you don't necessarily have the ring in. Are you are you taking it out for content specifically? Is something going on? Did I just catch a wrong wave of content? Are you keeping it? What's what's going on? So I I, I take it in. I put it out. It's it varies on the day. It varies on my partner. Um, there are some people that are not comfortable with a three quarter inch metal ring being shoved inside of them. Um, there, you know, I I just filmed with somebody who I will not name because I, well, I, while I kiss and tell, I don't, you know, um, bloopers and tell, um, I had this, this guy, very, very hot guy that I had, you know, I was, um, he was giving me a blowjob. Um, and I grabbed the back of his head and I stuffed him down on it. Like I do with a lot of people. Um, but the ring hit just right in the back of his throat that he threw up everywhere. Um, very unattractive, kind of hilarious. Um, I felt bad. He felt I thought bad. It was gonna we be had worse. to go shower. It was a thing. Um, so I took the ring out and then we reset and we started again. Um, there were people who okay. had injuries because irresponsible tops sure. used the wrong kind of piercing. And so, you know, I've, I've had partners that say like, I really want to film with you, but you are not keeping that in. So I'll take it out. Um, yeah. And sometimes like for me, it's, it's a metal ring through my penis. Like, sometimes that's going to chafe sometimes that's going to like just not be comfortable um so sometimes i'll take it out for me Uh, but a lot of times like i'll film it and so sometimes i'll film like back to back uh one of the scenes that you probably saw on my twitter that that i just um, released a teaser for i fucked a guy flipped over he fucked me i flipped him back over and i fucked him again um i can always do one round with it usually the second round it starts to get a little irritating um, so okay. if I'm doing, you know, a couple of, if, if I'm doing a couple scenes back to back, I'll take it out for the second one and the, the later ones. Um, I'm also multi-orgasmic. So if I'm going to do multiple rounds with the same person back to back, then I'll take it out, you know, part of the way through. Um, it just, it all depends. Yeah. Wait, what does it mean to be multi-orgasmic? So I can fuck somebody, come keep fucking them and then come again and then keep fucking them and then come again. Okay. Do Without you lose um, um, stiffen stiffency? Is that a word? That's not a word. No, generally it's Does volume that, that goes down. Um, okay. Yeah. No. No. Some. I mean, sometimes it will. Like it, a lot of it depends on the dynamic, the chemistry between the person. Um, but I, I filmed yeah. with um, Jason Luna back in in uh, March, and. Yeah. I went six rounds. We we did a quick water break between three and four, I think. Um, but I just I just kept going, um, and it was yeah. I stayed hard the whole time. There was no kind of like oh I need a I, like the the I need a break was I'm literally dehydrating because I'm like I sweat a lot and sure. um, so we stopped, we grabbed some water, and kept going. But it's um, yeah, there's not there's I don't really have a refractory period, which is what that's called, like where you have to like get soft and then get hard again. Um, yeah. Some, you know, with some guys, we'll stop, we'll cuddle, and then I'll be like, oh, well, it's hard again, bend over. Um, right. So, so the it's fun. <laughs> the the piercing, um, the piercing is is irritating after a certain period of time. What's what's the it, benefit? It, what's the it can be. It, it, is there is there an added pleasure it changes the to your end on this thing? 
Oh yeah. It, so it changes the, it changes the, the sensations for both parties. Um, it's definitely something I recommend trying as a, like for the, for people that are, that are bottoms, I definitely recommend trying a Prince Albert at least once. Um, it's a whole nother ball game. And so like for me, um, I love having it tugged on it, the, the sensation of, you know, pulling on that, that piece of skin that, um, is a, is a, it's, it's a very heightened sensation for what you normally get. Um, cause you know, most guys like the, the underside of the penis, that, that area right there is, is highly sensitive. There's a, you know, very, um, you know, it's very pleasurable when you add the ability to tug on that, or you add something moving there, it's, it's significantly, um, wow. bigger, a bigger sensation, more sensation. Um, the flip side, you know, for the, for the bottom, um, you know, most, most guys keep like, before you know that, like you can feel there's a penis inside of you it's a thing um with the ring you can feel exactly where that ring is inside of you there's no like interesting. It's like i know precisely where that ring is um so it, yeah. it adds a different level of pleasure to the bottom who's like now your attention is dragged straight into where that ring is and and where it's moving um you can track it the whole time it's in there um Track so it's, it's, a, it's a different a funny, sensation um, for both parties. Um, yeah. So the um, so I guess I don't even understand the piercing. So I know that I know when you pre-explained it, it it's that you put they're putting they put a rod and they pierce you from underneath. Um, so they pierce into the yep. urethra. So are you you are you like a are you are you coming out of the 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 piercing hole? Is that a dumb question? It it does come out of both holes, yeah. No shit. Yep. And then do you do you have any yeah. um do you have any say in that? Like do you have any control over that? How do I ask that? Not not it's not really something you can, can control. Um it's it really comes down to like uh this is gonna sound like a f- super nerdy, but it, it comes down to basic hydraulic principles. Um if you take yeah, fluid and you push it through if you if you take fluid and you push it through a through a, a, a straw, right? It's going to come out the end of the straw. If you poke a hole at the bottom of the straw, it's going to come out of whichever hole, you know, or both holes, but it's going to distribute the pressure across both of them. Um, so like when I, when I pee, so I can plug one again? of the holes with my finger. Um, I shoot less far. Okay. But what does it do for the sensation? It's about it. Is it is it is it a nice sensation coming out of two holes? That you um, didn't I don't really feel it. I don't really feel it coming out of you know, like I don't really feel you know it spilling out of out of one hole or the other. Um, you know, the since like the sensation for me is more centralized, you know, inside rather than you know where it's coming out. Um, Interesting. So it's just kind of you know, um, an I'm added sure. like. I'm listening. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just kind of an, an, an like an extra place that it comes out. The, the only real change is that I don't you know I don't shoot as far as I used to. I'm not going to hit myself in the face with it um, when I come. It's you know it might make it to my chest and then there will be some oozing out on my hand. But yeah, which that's also nice. Um... Was that a was that a change that you knew was coming? Not to not to be punful. 
mean, it's a, it's a change I wasn't uh, that I like. I knew that it was it was a thing. It was going to happen. It wasn't something that I really yeah. thought through. Um, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like you know, taking a leak. I I didn't really think about the fact that you know I'm now going to have two streams that I have to worry about. Um, or if I have the ring in, then basic hydraulic principles say that water tracks the surface based off a of surface tension. So um, I now have a water wheel of doom when I try to go pee. Uh, so things like the ring you know, is standing up to pee at a gas station bathroom. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't really exist anymore. Like urinals are sometimes okay. Um, at home, yeah. I just sit, sit to pee uh, because I I'm love not a sit to pee anyway. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Sit to pee is where I'm at. That's that's my age. That's how I to, that's how I to explain it to people. Sit to pee is my age at this point. Okay. Um, hang on. Something something flash. I want to make sure that I'm still getting it everywhere. I don't let's not cut anything. Sure. All right, we're still good. Um, so one of the things that you described when 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 they did it was they they put a rod in um, in your urethra and what's it and then I heard you talk about another interview what, what's that pressure called what's there's like a there's a term for that um, that experience for like when they put the put the rod in yeah you call that like sound rodding and you already enjoy sound yeah, rodding just, that ex explain that to me yeah it's so sounding um, so sounding is uh, there's a you take a, a rod either metal some people use glass which i do not encourage um or like silicone so and uh you insert it down the urethra uh and um sometimes those those rods are short sometimes those are much longer um and it's it gets its origin from a catheter to be blunt sure. um and so like the long silicone ones i've got a set in the other room um you stuff it down and like you can put it all the way in and it gets all the way to your bladder um the the metal ones it's um similar to a, a urethral dilator so it stretches the urethra out um and yeah you know so you just metal rod in kind of stretch things out a little bit wiggle it around you can hit the prostate if you're you know using the right type um and so that's that's really all it is to you know for the piercing is they take it it's it's a you know, it's a rod, it's just hollow and they stuff it in there and then yeah. they pierce into that rod so that they don't, you know, poke through the other side. Yeah. But the, so the, uh, I wanted to talk about the pleasurable version of what you're talking about and where, how do you discover yeah. that? And I mean, the, I think the, I think that there's a couple of things that are horrifying to, to people in general and men um, from being a kid. And number one is like, uh, anything happening to your eyeball, and then the other one is anything going into your pee hole. So, how do you get to the place where you're like, this? It seems like an experimental area. Um, did it happen sort of like naturally through research? Like, how does that happen? And and you have paraphernalia, so this is a thing that you're involved in um, often. Yeah. So the internet's a magical thing. Um, I. <laughs> I have I have discovered most of my kinks and fetishes either through the internet or through friends um, or playmates, and yeah. uh, so sounding is one of those where I I saw it on the internet and I went, huh, interesting, and then I saw on one of my favorite you know websites when I was I think I was shopping for a cock ring at the time, um, I was and I saw like they had a cheap set of your of um, you know. 
uh, silicone sounds. And I was like, well, you know, that might be, it's cheap. It's something, you know, I can give it a shot, see if I like it. As I saw it, I, it looked kind of fun. Um, and then, you know, so you, you buy the cheap version and you're like, okay, you know, maybe this is something that's for me. And so you buy the more expensive version. And, you know, so now I've got like a 14 piece metal set with a whole bunch of different sizes and you can graduate up and they're like that long. And like you, a butcher. You know, so, yeah. So you, you, you just put a little bit more money into your hobby and, you know, find out what you right. like and what you don't. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Explain, like, like describe the sensation then. Um, so it's, you know, it's one of those things where like you can feel exactly where the end is, you know, it's, it's, it is stretching your, your, your urethra out. So it's, you know, you can feel that expand as it goes in. Um, but then like it, when you go in far enough, you actually get to the point where, um, cause the prostate abuts the, uh, urethra. And so like when you get to the point that you actually stimulate that, that's, it's very similar to if, you know, if you're using a prostate stimulator or somebody reaches in, you know, inside and grabs a hold of your prostate. Um, it's that same kind of sensation where you're like, oh, that's, that's there. Um, and so you can, you know, self-stimulate the prostate that way. Um, and then coming while sounding is possible? It's not advisable? Yeah, it's possible. Um, no, it's possible. It's um, depending on the level that you're at and, you know, the size of the sound that you're using and what you're used to and whatnot. Um, you know, if you're like, I would not use, not use the largest sound that I'm comfortable with to make myself come. Um, because then that, that can, can cause like a back pressure and you can get some complications. They're not, they're not like that serious, but um I, you know, like I'll stretch using, you know, different soundings to the sound rods to the point that I'm comfortable with. And then, you know, back down a couple if I want to keep it in while I come. I don't typically do that just because that's not my, my particular style. Um, I use the sounding rods to pleasure myself to, to kind of self-stimulate and then I'll pull it out and I'll finish, you know, jerking off. Um, but you certainly can do it. You just want to, you know, be a couple sizes down. So there's some room for your, your urethra to stretch around the rod and allow the fluid to pass. Interesting. Um, I should have asked this earlier. Um, I have so many more questions. The first time, the first time you do it, um, is it like, I don't want to use horrifying, but again, I'm still stuck at horrifying. It's, um, it's new. It's different. It's, um, depends on you know it depends on how much how how much it interests you how much you want to try new things um yeah. you know if if you're not an adventurous person and you're like oh my god why am i doing this then it's not going to be as it's not going to be as fun it's not it's going to be you know a little bit more horrifying but if you're adventurous and you're like yeah. i want to see you know i want to see what this is all about like it's it's exciting it's you know interesting it's um you know it's it's a different style of pleasure so you know it's like for me, that in and of, in and of itself is pleasurable. Like finding finding new things that, that cause me pleasure. That's fair. Um, is it more of a solo thing, or is this or is this a, um, a play with others thing? For me, it's more of a solo thing. There are two people that I could think of names off the top of my head who I would allow to sound me. Um, yeah, it, it's that's one of those things that requires a level of trust and a level of intimacy um that's yeah. not 
you know, just like, oh, we're going to go hook up. Like, if I'm going to go hook up with someone, they're not sticking anything inside of me, you know, inside, inside of my, my dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if, you know, if it's, yeah. you know, one of my friends who, I've got a friend that I let him, I let him, you know, tie me down to his bed, stick an um, Easton kit on me and crank it all the way up. Loved it. Yeah. I'd let him sound me. Um, but it's, but that's like, that's the level of trust we're at where, you know, because you are sticking something inside of a place that arguably not intended to have things stuck inside of it. <laughs> yeah. Well then, so then do you have any content with it? And then have you seen any content with like, I don't want to call it Chinese finger sound, but like, um, where it's like double-sided yeah. sound as, as this content exi- exist. Yeah. Yeah. Right, the content's out there. there. Um, um, yep. You, you have you you got to go train and we want to get you up to 220 because that'll that'll um th- like each time you you make these these uh this headway i think it'll be interesting for your content and for us the the viewer um how do we find you how do we follow you how do we uh i can't put links in the comments anymore because it gets us banned so let's say them um of how we can get you money and how we can pay for your content yeah so easiest way is to look me up on instagram or twitter instagram is boston jock twitter's boston jock trickle Boston Jock Triple X, if I can speak. Um, both of those profiles have a link that's it's a MySlink app. Um, it's myslink.app slash Boston Jock. It's in the profiles. That has literally everything. It will bring up this little pop up that shows Perfect. my OnlyFans, my Just for Fans, my For My Fans, my Amazon wish list, my Cash app. Uh, everything is in there. Um, and so, you know, it's the easiest way jump on Instagram, jump on Twitter. You know, Instagram again is Boston Jock. Twitter's Boston Job Triple X, and um, that's that's the best way to get me. Perfect. Um, thank you for doing this. Um, thank you for your time. Um, and uh, it's Sexy People Podcast. We have a new episode dropping every Monday. This will be this Monday. Uh, we'll break up into uh, into content. We have it on YouTube. We're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. Wherever you are, we are also there. Um, check out our content on Instagram, PSAP Pod. Um, and then please follow this this gentleman. I've many. I have to interview you like three more times. I have many more questions to ask you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate Perfect. you being here. Um, and thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me.